continued today on the uh, study of that wonderful promise that God has given us when he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the good gifts or the Holy Spirit to them who ask? So we're looking at the good gifts that the how much more heavenly father has provided for us. And today I want to look at the platform that God has given to us. Uh, by that I mean the opportunities, the place that he's put us in, and things he opens up for, up for us to share the good news of the gospel and to see the, the, the discipling of all nations and uh, obedience to the great command and great commission of Matthew 28. We're going to pick up and read in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, and pick up and read verse 24. It says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by hands. The church is where he dwells today. In us, the people of God, and in our togetherness, how much more powerful. Verse 25 says, And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man... He made every nation of men that they may or that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined, and this is what we're going to look at this morning, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him, God, Jesus, we live and move and have our being. We won't want to look at that this morning for a little while. I just want to remind you, we'll see this in the 27th verse, I think it is, or in the 24th and 26th verses in a moment. But I just want to remind you that all ministry is first and foremost to God. To God. It's vertical before it becomes horizontal. To God. And all ministry is for God. And all ministry comes from God. So it's to God, for God, from God, and then to others, ourselves and other people where God gives us opportunity to minister and be a blessing to them. In Romans chapter 11, verse 36, it says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him, God, be the glory forever. Amen. And in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, it says, For in him we live and move and we have our being. So everything has to be, first of all, vertical, then horizontal. To ourselves, to others, and thirdly, from him, what we receive from him through his word, by the Spirit of God, it's that that he blesses. And all, all ministry, all service really is worship. 
Romans chapter 12 verse 1 talks about your reasonable act of worship and the King James says your reasonable act of service and that Greek word can mean worship or service and you find that also in Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 it talks about us we who worship God <coughs> is what the RST, uh, the, the revised version says or the authorized version also says and the NRV says we who serve God by the Spirit so worship serve all service is worship now let's just get back to our text here this morning in Acts 17 and we want to look at what that really means and what God's provided for us and what God wants to open up into the future for all of us. Every person listening to what I'm saying now, this is true for you. If you'll just open your heart and believe God, let the Spirit of God minister to you. Just open your heart and say, God, I don't know everything. And while this may be a familiar passage, I'm asking you, please, to speak to me about my life my family's life, the church I'm in, and the future. Ask him to do that, even right now. So, the Bible tells us that God places all of us in the, the right place at the right time where we can be the most effective for him. Can I say that again? The Bible tells us that God places all of us, every one of us, in the right place at the right time where we can be the most effective for him. So looking at Acts 17 again, verse 24 to 28, in verses 24 and verse 26, the first little part of verse 26, it makes it very clear to us that God is the sea, the source and the center of everything. And if it's from him and to him, through him, from him, then keep him the source and the center of it all. It also shows us in verse 25, he is self-sufficient, not that he needs anybody. He needs nobody, but he graciously, lovingly involves us in what he's trying to do in the earth right now. You look at that in verse 25. And then also verse 25 and verse 27 tells us that he's not only the source and the center, he's not only self-sufficient, he is also the sustainer of everything. Read it for yourself. And then verse 28 tells us he's also sovereign and supreme in all the affairs of God of, of his creation. He is sovereign and supreme in all the affairs of his creation. And then verse 26 tells us that he sets us in the exact place or places he has planned for us. He has a specific and special plan and purpose for us, you me, our family, people around us, etc., most of which culminate, his purpose is culminates in that people may seek him and find him, verse 27 tells us. Now, in the book of Ecclesiastes, in that third chapter, the first verse, it says, to everything there is a time and a season, to every purpose under heaven, the NIV says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven. Sometimes seasons change. And God chase, changes placements with the, that changing season to suit his purposes. That can include where we live. That can include where we work or minister. And that can include 
where we will be more effective in his purposes and his plans. Can I say that again? God can change because seasons change and then God changes where we live, where we work, minister, where, because he wants us to be able to be more effective in his purposes and his plans. So that can even mean in the church that you're in. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, it says this, But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. We're not by accident doing what we're doing or being where we are. God is sovereign and plans these things. And for all of us that really are seeking his heart, wanting to please him, he, he, will, he places us at, at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. That's what his desire is. He wants you. He wants your family. He even wants the church that you're in now or a church he may have for you in the future. He wants us to be at the right place at the, at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. I'm going to read to you and ask you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 139. It's one of those very, very, very precious uh, Psalms for me. I'm sure it is for you too. Psalm 139. Uh, sorry, actually, let me try and get to this Psalm in my Bible. He says this in Psalm 39, picking up in verse 1. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from you, your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, of, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the, on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. What a wonderful promise. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, for the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as, as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. See, God is in control and nothing is by accident God knows what he's doing for your life and the psalmist goes on and says this David he says how precious to me are your thoughts O God how vast is the sum of them were I to count them they would outnumber the grains of the sand when I'm awake I'm still with you and so it goes on in that beautiful psalm and then he says in Psalms 31 verse 15 my times are in your hands. Pray, Father, help me to be at the right place at the right time. We're talking about the platform, the placings, the places 
that God is giving us the opportunities He's providing for us to be the most effective we possibly can be, fruitful, effective, counting for God, serving His purposes. In Psalm 37, I'm just going to, well, maybe I could ask you, if, would you just look that up for yourself, Psalm 37, and just read verse 23, just because I'm looking at the time here. But I want to read to you Proverbs chapter 3, and it says this in the uh, fifth and sixth verses. I'm hoping that you're making some notes of this, that you're going to go before God with this and ask Him to speak into your heart. But Proverbs chapter 3 says this in verses 5 through to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. If you'll acknowledge Him, He will make your path straight. But do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So, God has times, God has seasons, God has places for us. And He can quickly change your locality and your ministry. Again and again and again. Remember that Psalm 31 verse 15? <coughs> Excuse me. Psalm 31 verse 15. My times are in your hands. He can quickly change where he's placed you, move you to another place, and he can quickly change the ministry you're in. I'll explain that to you in a moment through what some of God's dealings with me. But we must always be open to the next place he may have for us, even to move us from where we presently are, as much as we may love it, to relocate, but also we must always be open to the next new thing that God wants to, may want you to do as he pours new wine into new wineskins, as Luke chapter 5, verses 33 to 39 tell us. So we must ask God to make us pilgrim-hearted. Make God, ask God, God, will you make me pilgrim-hearted? To be a pilgrim means you're on the move, you don't settle down. So we must ask God to make us pilgrim-hearted, free us, and then we must free ourselves from everything that would make it hard for us to move, like heavy debt, or even making the church that we're presently in now dependent upon us. There's so many things we can do to free ourselves so that the moment God says move, you can move. Let me just read a few of these verses from Psalm 84 because they're just so precious and I'm worrying about time here. Psalm uh, 84 and verse, um, well, maybe I'll read uh, from verse 1, Psalm 84, verse 1. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, and we're the dwelling place of God now. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself. God provides places for us, but going on, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. And then it says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those, listen to this, whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The Valley of Baca is a place of weeping. 
They make it a place of springs. The autumn, autumn rains also cover it with pools and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I wish I could read more. It's worth reading that because it's better a thousand one day in your courts than a thousand years elsewhere, etc. Read it for yourself. So what I'm trying to say is we must always be open to the next place he may open for us, even if it's to uh, move uh, to another place. So ask God to make you pilgrim-hearted and then make it a life prayer, regularly seeking to be sensitive to the gentle urgings and promptings of God, the nudgings, the kind of uh, the at-onces or the immediately's of God. What do I mean by that? I'll just give you two scriptures, but the Bible's full of these things. It says in Mark chapter 1, verse 18 of Simon and Andrew, when God called them, Jesus spoke to them and it says, at once, immediately, they left their nets and, fo and followed him. Again, in Mark chapter 1, verse 20, James and John, Jesus calls them and says, without delay, immediately, they left and followed him. So we need to make ourselves available with a pilgrim heart that can follow the immediately, the at-onces of God. Without a pilgrim heart, we may, and sometimes we will stay or overstay too long in a place and hinder what God is wanting to do there and what he wants to do in the place he wants us to move to. Can I say that again? We can stay too long. Now, sometimes God does want some of us to stay a long time, but very often we stay too long and we hinder what God wants to do. Where we are now and what he wants to do, where he's going to place us again in the future. This is serious. It really is serious. It's, this is not lighthearted stuff. It's very serious as it makes some people have to move to another base. If we overstay our welcome, people know God's no longer using us the way he wants to. And they, they think you're going to stay there forever. So they have to leave. They go to other churches. We lose them. And if they stay, knowing that you're staying too long, they become useless. And having said that, we don't have to become anxious, but just open and available. And God will make take care of everything and make it easier for us. He takes care of all the details. He provides us all of, all of these opportunities, these platforms, these places, that we may share Jesus and his amazing salvation. All he brings, all the benefits that are wrapped up in Jesus. Not our circumstances, not for our comforts, but for his purposes. This is true, not only in major moves, but one place is, one place, sorry, I just want to repeat that. I'm just looking at this, this little thing I wrote here. This is true, not only in major moves from one place to another, but even in our daily walk with him, meeting people, situations, uh, crises, etc., where we can help others and be a blessing to them and be effective in their lives. Now, to try and explain all this, to bring it to a close, I just want to hope that you'll understand that what I'm saying now is just because I don't know a better way to explain it. But it's a few examples from Anna and my life that, about how God placed us in places. First of all, when I came to know Christ, 
God placed me in, uh, on the platform, provided me with the opportunity of being a Christian in business, a business person. And while I was a Christian in business, he was training me and preparing me for something more. But at the same time, he was enabling me to be effective and to reach businessmen, different uh, leaders uh, and uh, managers and directors of companies and people, people who are my customers and people I purchase things from. He, he gave me so many wonderful opportunities through the business. And as a business person, I was able also to join the Gideons. And the Gideons, I don't know much about them today, but the Gideons used to place Bibles all over the, in hotels and wherever they could, Bible placements in schools. And I was able to be part and parcel of that. And again, I was learning things. God was training me and preparing me for the future. Uh, and then I also, while we were still in business, we, were, we learned how to be involved in, in local church, uh, in, in all sorts of activities in the local church that we were in, all part of equipping us for the next phase placement or part of our journey. And then when that training period was over, God moved us from business to a Bible college down in Cape Town, in South Africa, and once again to serve and learn. Preparation for the next phase. Going to Bible college wasn't, this is it. It was the next place, the next platform. And in the Bible college, not only were we learning and beginning to understand the Word of God better, we were serving. We would go out and preach in places and see people coming to Christ. In all of these places, God makes us effective. And then when that preparation time for Anne and I was finished, he moved us to Zimbabwe and we lived in Harare. And there again, we were learning. We were being better equipped uh, and serving and seeing people coming to Christ. And we loved it, pitching, taking a tent and preaching as an evangelist. So I moved from a businessman to a student, from a student to an evangelist, uh, preaching all over Zimbabwe from the top to the bottom, right across Zimbabwe. We were there for one year and we just loved it. And God blessed us. But it was all again for both Anne and I, preparation. He provided Anne with opportunities to preach, meet with opportunities to preach, to learn, to serve, to be a blessing and to be blessed. And then he moved us from Zimbabwe, where we were evangelists, to the first church that we ever pastored. He moved us to a little place just outside of Johannesburg, a little place called Bradell. And there again we went, Anne and I, by this time we had uh, a child, we went down to Bridal and again we saw God blessing us, using us, but he was equipping and uh, enlarging us, getting us ready for the next phase. So we loved Bridal, we loved the people there, we saw people grow, coming to Christ, the church began to grow and grow quite, quite uh, quickly. But we weren't there for too long. And then in God's timings, the seasons were changing. God moved us from Bridal to Durban in a little place called Woodlands. And once again, we served there. We saw effectiveness. We saw people coming to Christ. The church grew quickly. And we had to break out some walls to accommodate what God was doing. It just was God blessing us. We were learning, both Anne and I, serving, preaching, teaching, but being in enlarged and envisioned for more. And then, again, 
God moved us from Woodlands to Bryanston up in Johannesburg. And in Bryanston, again, we saw God just using us by the grace, by his grace and in his mercy. We saw people coming to Christ regularly. The church just exploded exponentially. We grew and grew, eventually had to purchase a whole township so that we could put up a building that could accommodate what God was seeking to do. Uh, but again, while we were getting blessed and God was using us and making us more effective, we were learning at the same time and getting us ready for the next phase and the next phase. So we, these last three, we were serving as pastors. But then in Bryanston, God began to de develop a team that would become translocal. And so I changed from being a pastor in that period of time to being a team leader for a translocal team that was going to reach South Africa and then Africa and other parts of the world. And while we were in Bryanston and through that team, that translocal team, we began to see some churches planted and we around Africa <clears throat> and we were training people, equipping people, and they were being uh, sent out, commissioned to do what God was calling them to do. And then right in the middle of it all, while we were loving that, and we loved that place, we loved the people so much, in the middle of it all, out of a blue, <clears throat> God moved us again. The season for our life and for that Bryanston church, its life changed. And God sent us to Adelaide in Australia. And again, while I was team leader in South Africa, I then became team leader, still of the translocal team, but then also began to be remembering what it meant to be a pastor. So I had to start pastor and do the team leading at the same time as we were reaching the nations. God's seasons change. Ministries change. And then God moved us from Adelaide to California. And there he opened up massive doors and wonderful opportunities for us, both Anne and I and my family. And we saw God blessing at every level while he was equipping us even for more. And then as we look around the world, we see how God has grown things, grown things, grown, from the small little beginning as a businessman, all the way through all those steps. And right now at age 78, he's still open, got an open door for me where I'm ministering through the internet to this situation that you're listening to right now. He's still reaching all over the place through our lives, even at age 78. We've loved everywhere we, uh, God placed us, and we loved all the people that God we ever served. It would have been easy for Anne and I to stay in any one of those places, but God. And he moved us in different ways. I want to just quickly explain that just in a few minutes. He moved us in different ways. I want to say exclamation mark. We were asked to leave in one or two of those situations because of what God was doing in our lives, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, us speaking in tongues. We were asked to leave because we believed the Bible on eldership governed, eldership led churches. <clears throat> we were given opportunities. Jesse Mason in the, in the United States of America, him and Claire, his wonderful wife and the eldership there invited us to come and be with them in California, they opened the door for us, and then Jesse handed that church over to us. All these things, different ways that God can move us. 
we felt the urgings of God, the leadings of God, different ways, but always responding. Why? Because we had set our hearts on pilgrimage and we wanted honestly to serve the purposes of God in our generation as Acts chapter 13 verse 36 speaks about David. He was always faithful and he will always be faithful. Every station, every place, every platform, <clears throat> what he, he equipped and prepared us for the more. Not only for us, not only for the people we were with or we were leaving, but the people into our future. Can you imagine what he has in store for you? I sometimes shudder when I think if I had said, God, we're too comfortable here, we love it here, we're not going to move. I doubt whether what has happened around the world for us in the New Covenant Ministries International Flow, I doubt whether any of that would have happened or very little. I want you to ask God now, just first of all, thank him right now for the platform he's provided for you, the opportunities where he's placed you. And I'm asking you in Jesus' name, pray for those opportunities that will make you more effective and more fruitful. Be prepared in season and out of season, as 2 Timothy 4.2 says. And whenever and wherever he opens up an opportunity, seize it. Some words of promise that I want to leave with you that God gave to me. And I want you to take them for yourself and ask God to make them real in your life. He gave us some of these in our older age. So age is never a restriction. He said in Philippians 1.22 verses 22 to 44. I'm just going to give you a part of that. As long as I am in this body, there is good work for me, the Message Bible says. As long as, in other words, what the NRV says, I am, I, if I'm to go on living in this body, as long as I'm alive in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. No thought of ever quitting, no thought of or, 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 or entertaining retirement, as long as I'm alive. This fruitful work God has for me, fruitful labor. Psalm 92, verses 12 through to 15, I'm going to read bits of it. God gave us this promise, and I want it to be true for you. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. I love that word, flourish. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. In Isaiah 46 verse 4, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. In Revelation 3, verses 7 through to 10, read it for yourself, but it says there, Behold, I've uh, set before you an open door which no man can shut. I want to read Isaiah 40, 41. It was, it's, uh, we're just about through here. Isaiah 41, just bear with me. Isaiah 41, verses 9 and 10. You could look that up in your Bibles with me. It says this, this is what God said to me, and this is what I believe he's saying to you. Listen to me now. He says, I took you from the ends of the earth. From the farthest corners, I called you. 
I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Read that for yourself. Claim these promises for yourself. Speak them back to God. Speak them over yourself. Speak them over your family. Speak them over your church. And just say to me, with me now, please, these words of Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm going to live, go on living in this body while I'm alive in this body. This will mean fruitful labor for me. Father, in Jesus' name, make it real. Give us a pilgrim heart. Help us to be willing to move when you say move. Help us to discern the times, the seasons. We know that there are times and seasons and they change. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. Seasons change. Places change. You move us around when you have to. Help us to respond with that pilgrim heart and go where you want to go. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.